Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
Baltimore. Mm-hmm. All right, welcome to the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Why do I say with me, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones, every time I announce? Well, it's because sometimes I have guest hosts who host when I'm uh, absent. And so, but so far I've been here every single time this year. So here we are. A few things to talk about. Uh, one, the misguided approach that my Republican, um, I wouldn't say colleagues, my Republican brethren, my Republican associates have taken to impeach Rod Rosenstein. Now, as you know, Rod is a, um, he's the assistant uh um, Secretary of um, no, no, the, the I'm sorry. He works for the Justice Department. He's the Assistant Attorney, Attorney General, he's Deputy Attorney General. All right, so he's been asked repeatedly to turn over documents uh, related to the um, the uh, Russian scandal and uh, various documents that. Uh, uh, Republican congressional leaders have been asking for for almost uh, well over a year now, and Rosenstein or Rosenstein uh, has refused to turn over um, what Congress is asking for. Members of the Republican uh, Judicial Oversight Committee have been asking for, so they've taken the extraordinary step of um, drawing up articles of impeachment. But the problem is, um, impeachment articles should not be drawn up lightly. They're tantamount to uh, a state's attorney filing um, um, complaints or, or, or uh, agreeing to take up a case, a felony case, when it pretty much should be a misdemeanor, but they're going to call it a felony and, and they're going to go ahead and prosecute uh, with very little evidence. Uh, so here's the thing. When Republicans in Congress start talking about impeachment, well, when 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 we talk about impeachment and we we talk about using that um, as a political tool, a tool to get back at those who don't think the way that we do or don't agree with with, with, with what we're what we're trying to put forth, that kind of stuff. It's it's a misuse of of, of power. Um, um, the impeachment process, the founding fathers deemed, is um, for high crimes and misdemeanors. High crimes, high crimes and misdemeanors, uh, not for not agreeing to do something Congress wants. You have to actually have committed a crime. Uh, much like when Clinton committed a crime, he was properly impeached. What was that crime? He lied under oath. It had nothing to do with the fact that he had an affair with a with a, with a, with an intern and all that. He he simply he lied about it. So he was he was impeached. So and and that's a crime. Lying under oath is a is is a crime. So. Um, Rod Rodenstein hasn't committed a crime. And so if articles of impeachment are drawn up 
for a an individual who hasn't committed a crime. And through the articles of impeachment, there's no crime cited. Well, guess what that does? That opens the door for the Democrats to, if they take over the House and the Senate, which a lot of people think they might, well, then that opens the door for, yeah, you guessed it, Democrats to um, draw up articles of impeachment against the president. Sure they can. They can say, well, you know, uh, when the Republicans were in power, they drew up articles of impeachment against Rod Rosenstein, or Stein if you insist, and they, they cited no crime. We don't if 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 it's good for the Republicans, then it's good for the Democrats. We don't have to have an actual specific crime in order to draw up articles of impeachment against the president. Now, it won't, the impeachment process won't go anywhere either way because the Republicans can't impeach Rosenstein without him committing a crime. And the Democrats won't be able to use the same argument against Trump because he would have had to commit a crime. But process is still it, – it makes no sense. You just don't do it. You just don't do it. Now, I suspect what the Republicans are really trying to do is simply you know, uh, uh, what we call in the military a shot across the bow. So we're firing a shot not intending to hit our target, but to send a warning that we're coming. But the process is still fraught with peril. It, it, you know, impeachment should not be used lightly under any circumstances, be it Democrat or Republican. That should be the last full measure, really. So hopefully, you know, and I believe they know that. They're smart people. And I suspect this is just a uh, just a warning shot. So we got a lot going on today. A lot going on today. We got we got Rosenstein or Rosenstein being impeached. Um, you know, actually, I think Trump can just simply fire him if he wants to, right? I mean, why go through this process? But um, I don't know. Maybe he could direct Sessions to fire him. So we got we have a lot going on, all right. And the uh, the West Coast is going over going through a series of of earthquakes off the West Coast, and that could trigger a global event. So that's that's possible. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. We were just about to go into something, a a, um, a clip, but I decided not to uh, not to do the clip. So we got a lot going on, and we, of course we've got our uh, Ocasio Cortez sighting, my homegirl from the island of Puerto Rico. So she's in the mix too. She's been saying a lot of things, and they just come across way wrong. So we we want to we want to get into that. So we've got uh, we've got a lot happening, a lot happening. Um, 
officers uh, who used a coin flip to decide whether to arrest a woman was fired. Yeah, that's some crazy shit. Um, Elizabeth Warren announcing that she may run um, for president. Papa John is suing Papa John's. Um, how's that work? <laughs> There's some craziness happening happening all over the world. I'm just I'm just going through uh, Fox News, the Fox News uh, channel here, and then having a look over here at CNN. But let's get to um, let's get to our main topic here today, uh, and then we'll we'll move on to some other stuff. I got distracted a little bit. You know, there are three Democrat-run cities, and are the most for nat for the murder rate increase. Three run cities. And there are more. But we're just gonna talk about these three for, for a bit. Nationwide. Nationwide, while Democrats currently hold fewer seats than they have at any time since the Republicans took away all their slaves after the Civil War, where do they remain in power? Well, where they remain in power, the murder rate is on the rise. According to a new report across the country, the murder rate rose 8% over last year. 8%. Sounds like, doesn't sound like a lot, does it? But it's a lot. But this is primarily due to a handful of cities, Chicago, Baltimore, and Houston. And all three of those cities have been run exclusively by Democrats for decades. Now, back in 2015 and 16, several cities, especially Chicago, saw their murder rates increase significantly. The distorting effect of this concentration, uh, incre- this concentrated increase, is 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 a breakdown in total increase in murders from 2014 to 2016 by city. Okay, so Chicago hasn't had a Republican mayor in 86 years. Think about that. Chicago hasn't had a Republican mayor in 86 years. The Windy City, my hometown. The current mayor, of course, is President Obama's former chief of staff, Rahm Emanuel. Now, last year was the deadliest year to live in my hometown of Chicago since 1996. Murders jumped 58% over the previous year of, uh, to, uh, to 762. Overall, there were a total of 4,331 shooting victims. Now, as some of you, as some of you may know, my son um, Alan is a um, is a Chicago police homicide detective, and my younger son Nick is a patrolman with the Evanston town, the Evanston Police Department nearby. So, what 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 I'd like to focus on is the fact that, okay. Murders jumped 58% over the previous year to 260, uh, 762. And then overall, there were 4,331 shooting victims. The irony? Chicago has some of the toughest gun control laws in the country. The toughest gun controls in the country. Imagine that, because we've got uh, Democrats, every time there's a school shooting or 
or, or something of that sort, the Democrats call for what? Gun control. More uh, stringent measures to verify whether or not a person should own a gun. More stringent uh, um, uh, uh, verification processes and all of that stuff. Well, I'm of the mind that that simply affects law-abiding citizens like you and me. Because your typical thug or hoodlum or both, your typical criminal isn't going to go into his local gun shop and apply for a gun permit and leave that ominous paper trail, have his fingerprints submitted to the FBI, and then wait three weeks so that he can go and purchase his shiny new pistol and then go out and commit a crime with it. It doesn't work like that. They don't do it that way. So basically, gun laws by definition affect me and you, not a criminal. Okay? Yeah, you might be able to curtail a school shooting, the shooting of a post office or Wendy's every now and then, but if a if a person such as myself wanted to go out and shoot up a school or Wendy's or something like that, if your common average citizen wanted to do something like that, there are ways for them to get their gun legally, go through the whole process, because as we've seen, a lot of these things were planned for months, and in some cases years. They weren't spur-of-the-moment crimes against uh, against humanity. They were They were well thought out and well planned in many cases. Okay? So think about that. So when Chicago has the toughest gun control laws or some of the toughest gun control laws in the country and you still have a shooting uh, uh, victims uh, uh, in the the nearly 5,000 shooting victims, what's happening here? Well, the gun laws, they, they don't work. Think about that. Now let me tell you a little story. Back when I was in high school, uh, there was a shooting at my school at uh, Curtis. The school was called Curtis. It was sort of like an annex of uh, of Finger Academy. It's where a lot of us um, freshmen who were attending Finger Academy attended back in 1976. All right, so I'm sitting in front of a student who had been bullied. And he was such a quiet, quiet, nice, nice, quiet kid. And I would talk to him every now and then. We'd have a little little chat because I was quiet and shy back then. I know that's hard to believe, but I was. So we were kind of kindred spirits, so we'd talk a little bit. And, uh, And like I said... There were a couple of guys who took advantage of him because he was nice and shy and quiet, and and they bullied him. Well, it just so turns out, just happens to turn out that the young man's dad's a cop. So one day, my young friend came to the school armed with his father's gun. 
And when those young men came through the hallway on the upper level, I was down in the in the lower level. Near the, I call it the basement level, but I was the lower level of the school. This is a true story, by the way. And the young man came out and saw the students approaching him, took out his father's gun, and shot them. And then he ran down the stairs, ran right past me to where a good friend of mine, whose name is Betty, was standing. And another one was going into his locker. Betty was on the other side, uh, standing by her locker. And he shot the other boy. Right in front of me and Betty. Now, Betty had the misfortune of screaming. And so I, I don't know what was going through his mind or whether it was reflex or, or what, but he turned and shot Betty in the head right in front of me. And then he ran out the double doors and down the street. Later on, he was caught. Spent a little over 20 years in prison. And, uh, and he got out. And uh, he's somewhere living in Chicago now, but um, the young man who he shot in the head in front of me is still alive. And he had a nice, neat little hole in his forehead. I remember seeing him laying on the ground with his eyes wide open and the hole in his forehead. And I remember seeing Betty lying at my feet in a pool of blood. And I did something that Still, I can't fully understand. I calmly stepped over the young man's body and I walked right out the door, right after my friend who shot those two. And then there were two. Uh, uh, on the upper level, I'm not sure whether they were whether they survived or not. But I, I, I could, I still, for the life of me, don't fully understand why I did that or what was going through my head when I, when I walked as if nothing had happened. And uh, that, that's a story. But listen, the point of this story is that if someone wants to harm another person. They'll find a way. You don't necessarily need a gun to do it. Humanity has been eliminating humanity. We've been killing each other for centuries without the use of a gun, and we've been doing it wholesale in epic proportions before guns were ever invented, before gunpowder. So... But I don't think that liberals have grasped that 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 historical fact. Think about this: Timothy McVeigh killed how many? I, I've forgotten the number. I should have the information at, at my disposal, but I don't. And all he used was a U-Haul truck 
a shitload of fertilizer and some diesel fuel. And a couple of blasting caps. And that was it. He didn't use a gun. Killed a whole bunch of people. Now, Baltimore hasn't had a Republican mayor in 50 years. But according to the Baltimore Sun in 2016 and 17, 2016 and 17 was the second deadliest year on record in that city. The single deadliest year was 2015. The year of the riots uh, sparked by the death of Freddie Gray. And CNN's horrific, despicable coverage of that event. Which undoubtedly and intentionally whipped up all that violence, in my opinion. But, and, Baltimore has some of the toughest gun control laws in the country. And again, epic gun violence. Does gun control work? Does it? Mm-mm. Not in Chicago and Baltimore. Run by liberals, run by Democrats, who have enacted some of the strictest gun control laws in the nation. Houston has not had a Republican mayor in 36 years. But, according to the local news reports, 302 people were killed last year. A five-year high. 50% higher than 2011. Like the rest of Texas, though, control laws are reasonable in Houston. All three of these failing Democrat-run cities are also run by politicians who appear to be more interested in sticking their nose into national politics and left-wing fads as opposed to doing the mayoral work of filling potholes and decreasing the murder rate. That's your actual job, Mr. Mayor. Chicago Mayor... Ron Emanuel has been fighting President Trump over the issue of immigration in sanctuary cities. Chicago itself is a sanctuary city. Now, to catastrophic results for the city's residents, Baltimore, which is also a sanctuary city, jumped all over the media and President Obama's ginned-up anti-police crusade. And there were not only the riots, but the malicious and politically driven prosecutions of police officers. What, I mean, human nature. You've got the President of the United States behaving in an anti-police manner. You've got the female uh, mayor of uh, black uh, female mayor of Baltimore behaving in an anti-police matter. My sons are police officers, so let me just say this: if I were a police officer and I met with all of this humiliation, 
I might be tempted to slack off a little bit. Knowing me, maybe not, but your average person, I suspect, might. In 2015, the same year the murder rate began to climb, then-Mayor Anise Parker, you know who I'm talking about, black uh, female mayor, was intently focused on Proposition 1, an ordinance that would allow mentally ill men and transgenders to use the same bathroom as your daughter. (laughs) She was focused on that shit, not the murder rate. Of course, that that proposition went down in flames, 61 to 39, cooler heads prevail. But how bad do things have to get before the residents of these three cities, four cities, wake up? These three cities and wake up to the fact that Democrats are utterly incapable of managing anything at all. I attended a uh, the uh, famous or rather infamous uh, black and white ball a couple of years ago in um, in uh, San Francisco, and I got an opportunity to spend uh, the week I was there. In uh, one of uh, Nicholas Cage's uh, residence, of course, he was going through bankruptcy, and one of his multi-million-dollar homes was put up as a B&B. And so I was staying in this house, and it's such a nice house. But you know, that multi-million-dollar house in that neighborhood would probably be like a hundred-thousand-dollar house, like in Chicago or 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 or, or, uh, or Cleveland. So it wasn't all that in a bag of chips. It was like a regular house where you and I come from. But in San Francisco, it's a multi-million dollar house. But anyway, nevertheless, it's a very nice neighborhood. Bentley dealership down the street. Some of the finest restaurants in San Francisco, walking distance. So I decided to go out for a stroll. So now I'm strolling down the block. Maybe two or three blocks from Nicholas Cage's really nice house. And I stepped in some shit. Yes, I did. I stepped in a pile of shit. And I thought immediately, of course, like anybody else, somebody didn't curb their damn dog. Inconsiderate motherfucker. But then, I thought, what the, oh, hell to the no. I know the difference between dog shit and human shit. Don't ask me how, but I know, you know, you know too. You know what, you know. You won't admit that you know, but you know that you know, and I know that you know, and you know that I know. So, I'm thinking, this is a pile of shit. This is human feces in the middle of the sidewalk. I step off into the grassy area, 
Actually, it was a grassy knoll. And I wiped my foot in the grass as best I could. And kept walking. Lo and behold, I kid you not, there's another pile of shit. Not far from the last pile. And I'm thinking, no, no, no. (laughs) Come on now. There's got to be some dog shit here. Well, I have no way of really telling in that regard because I didn't get down and take a sniff. But it looked like human shit to me. And uh, I'm walking a little further and I think, okay. So the next thing you know, across the street, there's a tent up. And there's a bunch of damn hobos. That's what <laughs> That's what we call them when I was a kid. We call them hobos, uh, bums. What do they call them now? Homeless people. They call them homeless people now. We call them hobos and bums. Now they're called homeless people, I think. They might be called something else by now. But So hobos, and they're all – there's like I, – I see the big tent – and then behind the big tent, there are like a bunch of little tents. And remind, mind you, all of this is in the Nicolas Cage neighborhood. Million-dollar homes, multi-million-dollar homes. I think his house was somewhere in the $14 million range. That's a lot of jack for one house. So, and remember now, the Bentley dealership is just across the road. And all the fine, fine restaurants are all within walking distance of where where I was walking. So now look, and there's a there's a damn tent city, a tent city for hobos, bums, homeless people, what have you. And what's more, you ask? There's another tent off to the side. In a vacant lot. How the hell did that vacant lot get there? There's a vacant lot there. And I noticed, and and I'm not joking, I'm not making any of this up. There's a bunch of bunch more hobos or homeless people or bums. And they are actually shooting up their needles on the ground. Because I walk across to get a closer look, and I'm stepping over used needles and trash. Trash all to be damned. And and, and, and hypodermic needles on the ground. So now, where am I going with all this? Well, San Francisco is run by liberals, y'all. The whole damn state is run by liberals. San Francisco is just the worst part because they believe in taking care of homeless people, which is real nice. They believe in making sure that heroin addicts and such, well, that they don't contract you know, diseases and stuff. So they provide them with clean needles, big old stash. And a place where they can go 
and shoot up heroin in a safe and clean environment. Mm-hmm. That's right. But these hobos are located in a multi-million dollar neighborhood. Across from the Bentley dealership and Mezzaluna and some of the other really fine California-style restaurants. Where I had to step in and over human feces and needles. And where right across the street from the restaurant that I wanted to get some takeout at was a homeless shelter in Tent City. And right next to the Tent City was a heroin shoot-up refuge and trash and human shit all over the place. Because liberals have a heart. Yes, they do. They have a heart. They believe that a homeless person shouldn't be homeless. And we need to provide some shelter for them. So they, 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 they put up a bunch of tents. That re- that's real nice. They, they bring them some, some meals on wheels. And they allow them to have a place where they can go and safely shoot up heroin. Problem is, they sort of stray away from those areas and go into the multi-million dollar uh, 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 Nick Cage neighborhood and take a shit on the ground and drop their trash and their needles. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you had a little kid and you decided that you were going to do a B&B in Nicholas Cage's house. Wow, I didn't tell all your friends. I'm going to hang out in Nick Cage's house and, and it's going to be great. I'm going to take a lot, of, a lot of selfies. And you let your kids go out and play. Let your little ones go out and play in the yard. They stray away from the yard a little bit, as kids do. And they go around, they stepping in some human shit. And needles all over the place. And trash. And hobos. And drug addicts. Right? And they have these, these little tent cities. I'm not going to say little. They have these tent cities and trash and hobo towns and... And drug shoot up designated areas all over San Francisco. In the most, I mean, you a a a good person would put that shit in the in in the, in the black neighborhood, or or you know in some out of the way place. But we're talking some of the worst neighborhoods in San Francisco and some of the finest. There, at least we know that. Liberals don't discriminate. They're not going to take the hobos and the drug addicts and put them off, you know, wherever there might be a Martin Luther King drive. Because as a lot of us black folks know, wherever there's a Martin Luther King drive in your city, it's usually in the worst neighborhood in town. It's running right through the worst neighborhood. So... I mean, it's always the case. I've been all over this country, and I have driven down and walked down a great many Martin Luther King 
boulevards and drives and roads and every single one that I have walked, driven, rode through has been in a black neighborhood and in the worst part of town. But nevertheless, I digress. So I guess the silver lining is these liberals who run these cities have a heart. They're not going to just let their hobos and their drug addicts go without food and shelter and a place to shoot up. And I just wish they put some more porter potties out there. Because stepping in and over human shit is a hell of a lot worse. Don't ask me why. It's a hell of a lot worse than stepping into some dog shit. I, I can't tell you why. But if I had to step in some shit, a cow, yes, I've stepped on a cow patty, you know, a couple times. Of course. Who hasn't? I've I've stepped in dog shit. I can't even I can't even count the number of times I've done that. And I know a lot of you have too. But how many times have you walked down a street Walk down the block and put your nice, fine Bruno Mollies or whatever the hell you were wearing <laughs> into some a big steaming pile of human shit. Think about that. Democrat-run cities. There we go. So now we need to we need to move on and get to my girl. O M G. Ocasio-Cortez is doing the damn thing and saying the stupidest shit you ever want to hear in your entire life. And guess what? I love it. I love it. She is the damn gift that keeps on giving. She is better than Joe Biden. She has taken Joe Biden's place for saying some of the stupidest stuff. Take a listen to this. Socialist millennial Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez hitting the campaign trail with Bernie Sanders this week. After shocking the political establishment and taking out Pelosi's protege. But is she all sizzle and no steak? Here's what she said when questioned on Israeli-Palestinian relations. You used the term the occupation of Palestine. Mm. What did you mean by that? Oh, um, I think what I meant is like the the settlements that are increasing. Hold on, she knows she fucked up. She she knows she fucked up right there. So now she's trying to recover. (laughs) Okay, all right, listen. Some of these areas and and places where um, where Palestinians are experiencing uh, difficulty in access to uh, their housing and home. Do you think you can expand on that? Yeah, I mean, I think I'd also just, I, I am not the expert on geopolitics on this issue. That's for sure. (laughs) Joining me now, Fox News contributor Tommy Lair. Now, Tommy, you and I have been in situations where I'm sure we don't really know exactly what we're talking about, but we're able to fudge it and we can wing it and at least pretend to kind of have a semblance of knowledge about the subject. You never throw your hands up and you say, I'm not an expert. 
She's also running for office, so that makes it a little bit more disturbing. But, Jesse, yeah. i got to tell you, I used to love it when Hillary Clinton would come on TV because I thought that it would make it so much easier for us in November and in 2020. But I'm over Hillary. This is my new girl. I love to see <laughs> her on TV. I think it's hilarious. I do, too. Uh, I think I'm going to donate to her campaign because I want her to go as far as possible in the Democratic Party. Maybe she could run on, on Biden's ticket. Maybe it could be Biden-Cortez. I like the sound of that. I like the sound of it, too. But, you know, she's also a Democratic socialist, and she's going to be campaigning with Bernie Sanders. You know, the young people are supposed to love socialism, but also young people love reality TV. So, Jesse, I have an idea. Yeah. Why don't we take Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, why don't we drop them into the socialist nation of their choice and see how long they last? <laughs> I love that idea. Um, I will call the executives at Fox right now and see if we can get that rolling. Now, this wasn't just one statement. She had a few. Let's hear what her uh, opinion was on direct action in the streets. Roll it. We have to have a rapid response. And I think every day that we go on, especially a day when something that heinous happens, uh, we have to occupy all of it. We need to occupy every airport. We need to occupy every border. We need to occupy every ICE office. I mean, she doesn't understand about the Israeli occupation, but she wants to occupy everything in America. I, I don't think this tactic is effective. Do you? I think it gets some people riled up, which, of course, it has because she's been somewhat successful. But yeah. I'll tell you that she also said she was going to take a lot of her policy direction from activists. And I have a question for Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Which activists? Is it going to be the activists that riot, loot, and burn their local businesses? Or is it the activists that march around in the streets with reproductive organs on their head? I mean, which <laughs> activist is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez going to be taking direction from from her policy? Because as we know, she really doesn't have a lot of policy experience. This isn't her strong suit. So I'm wondering where she's going to get it from. Yeah, I don't think she knows. Maybe she can get it at Bernie's house. Let's listen to her take on capitalism and the unemployment rate. This one's my... We look at these figures and we say, oh, unemployment is low. Everything is fine, right? Well, unemployment is low because everyone has two jobs. Unemployment is low because people are working 60, 70, 80 hours a week. I do think that right now when we have this no-holds-barred, Wild West hyper-capitalism, what that means is profit at any cost. Capitalism has not always existed in the world, and it will not always exist in the world. Okay. I mean, I hate the fact checker. Uh, everyone has two jobs. Uh, the people with two jobs, and it's the lowest rate in about 11 years. But that's not even how the jobless numbers go down. That's not how the unemployment rate works. It's down because people are working. More Americans are working. I don't think she gets it. She doesn't get it as all, at all, but it just keeps getting better and better every time she opens her mouth, like I said. I think it's wonderful. It's always interesting to watch a train wreck. But as I said <laughs> earlier, she loves socialism so much, she doesn't think that capitalism is going to be around forever. So let's drop her in Venezuela. Let's have her <laughs> live there. Let's just give her six months. We'll give her six months in Venezuela and see how well she likes six it. I would like months. to document I wouldn't, it. I, I wouldn't would give her like six weeks. I wouldn't give her six weeks. You know what she reminds me of, Tommy? You remember when I used to go out and do those tree interviews? and talk to people, and they were just totally clueless. She reminds me of a guest on Waters World. But my favorite was we have this wild, wild west capitalism. What is she talking about? It's like the most regulated economy of all time. I mean, Trump's kind of 
slash those regulations. But, I mean, what world is she living in? Well, not this world. And she obviously doesn't understand that capitalism is what allows us to flourish as a nation. It's what allows her to do things that she does day in and day out. And the young people that are listening to her, I hope that they understand that as well. But I think what she's trying to do is throw out flashy words like socialism because she thinks all the young people are going to flock to her because they flock to Bernie. But I think people are getting smarter, at least I would hope so. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm not ready to agree with people are getting smarter. I was... Uh been out in the streets recently and it's uh it's it's slim picking all right welcome back to the dr c robert jones situation report it is slim pickings i'm telling you it is slim pickings out there you ask a person basic questions about the economy they can't tell you you ask them basic questions about the constitution they can't tell you if i were to walk down the street right now or you or you or you or you Anybody in this chat room right here right now, I have over 60 people in the chat room right now talking. If anybody will walk up, I dare you, just just go up to a person on the street or ask someone you know, better still, what specifically is the 14th Amendment? Or just in general? I bet, I'll bet you my pinky finger... Nine times out of ten, they won't be able to tell you. Just basic stuff about you know, stuff that we should we a lot of us should have learned in high school, in grade school. We call it grammar school in in, in Chicago in the Midwest. Stuff like that. There's the lack of basic knowledge about current events. And what's going on in America in terms of who's who and what's what is just completely lost. I mean, it is so horrible. I I just got to tell you, it's it's actually frightening. We live in a world where your basic low information voter has the awesome responsibility of being a good citizen. But how can you be a good citizen if you don't know what it means to be a good citizen? You know, I was watching a video clip on ESPN where uh, former um, NBA uh, player Steve Kerr, who played most of his career with the Chicago Bulls and with Michael Jordan, was talking about how uh, Donald Trump was fostering uh, uh, nationalism and and all of this kind of stuff uh, in terms of this uh, the kneeling thing, how he was getting involved and 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 in imperialism and nationalism. Of course, we have nationalism. We're we're a nation, aren't you, Steve? A part of this nation? And and and, and doesn't the American flag mean anything to you? You know, I I felt bad when Michael. Jordan punched you in the face. I mean, literally just punched you in the face back when you played with him back in 94. I don't feel bad anymore. I don't feel bad that Jordan hauled off and punched you in the face. Because obviously he knew then that you were an asshole. An anti-American. And so he made a preemptive strike. 
And I'm glad that he did. It's it's as if you know, I I shudder to to think that and you know at some point these low information citizens are going to be running things. You know, we we want to think that young people who are coming after us, older people, are, are, are going to be smarter than us. They're going to learn more, you know? I Like, like the song I was listening to the other day, I, um, What a Wonderful World. I hear babies crying. I watch them grow. They'll learn much more than I'll ever know. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I don't think that way now. I hear babies crying and I watch them grow and I think they're fucking morons. They're going to be just brain dead. And I'm going to, when I'm dead and gone, I'll still be smarter than them. It seems like the more we progress as a civilization, the more candy ass we get the softer we we become and the stupider we think we're smart we think these these kids today are oh, they're so much smarter than we were at, at their age no no i could cite the constitution i could i could i could i could i could cite the preamble on demand i still can and you know what i haven't read it in a while but i still remember it from high school I'll bet anything at all that I, if I walk down the street, any street in America, and stop a young person and say, give me the first paragraph, throw it out there of the preamble, and I'll give you $1,000. I'll walk away with that grand still in my pocket. That's for damn sure. Anyway. I'm just checking out what's going on in the chat room here. There's a lot of chatter going on in here today, tonight, about this whole issue. And you, and you guys are absolutely right. Um, you know, we, we I, I I just can't, I just can't, I can't, I can't do it. So anyway, our our time has uh, almost come to an end. I want to thank everybody for listening. There's so many things that you could be doing, and you chose to take time out of your busy evening. To listen to my show or to download it later, which I certainly do appreciate. I'm getting a lot of downloads from all over the world. It's so much fun, so nice. The UK, I'm up, um, I'm up to about 14% of uh, listeners in the UK and 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 other places. And even in China, the, the show is very popular, which I think is interesting. Anyway, so hey, I just want to say thank you very much for listening, and we will be back tomorrow. You guys are great. Have a good night. God bless you. And God bless the United States of America. We're out. Oh, beautiful.
Place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.